you know, right now we're managing anywhere from 20 to 25 projects. We feel as though we have the capacity to do 30. So we definitely would like to expand that more from a development side. You know, we're looking at different asset classes from bigger multifamily new construction projects, um, as well as staying in, in the single family game as well. You're listening to the Philly Proper Podcast. Meet the experts developing Philadelphia's real estate market right now. If you're looking for insights into the city's changing landscape, you're in the right place. Stay tuned to hear the personal stories and experiences of developers large and small. Be sure to join the Philly real estate community and visit phillyproper.com for project information, episode highlights, and more. Hi, this is Catherine Blessington, and welcome to the Philly Proper Podcast. Today's guest is Aaron Cohen from Full Court Development. Full Court Development has a few different companies. They do property management, they do realty, and they do construction. Aaron, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Catherine. This is uh, an honor to be here. It's actually my first podcast, and um, hey, and, and, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, breaking you in. I'm sure you'll you do many in the future. <laughs> nah, well, uh, you know, it's been uh, really valuable listening to the other uh, people we've had on, so I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. So, so you are one of a few people that you have on your team, namely your brother Brian. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your company? Sure. So uh, at Full Core Development, um, you know, we have an in-house construction, property management. Um, We also have a realty team, brokerage. Um, We work with um, investors, different partners, and outside clients um, for investments, uh, construction, and property management. So we try to um, encompass the you know A to B process from finding properties to building them, securing financing, and um, managing them or selling them, whether they're a rental or um, a sale. Got it. So full court meaning full encompassing development company. It sounds like you guys do it all, right? Is the uh, exactly. is the full is the full court a a play on words of some sort? How did you guys how did you guys start out uh, your company? Uh, well, my brother and I, basketball has been a, um, huge, uh, piece in our life from when we were young and we both played college. My brother played overseas. So when starting everything, we, we, uh, kind of just try to make it fun and kept it with the basketball name. So that's where full court uh, comes from. Nice. I love basketball. You said your brother played overseas. He was in like a club in Europe or something like that. He uh, he played professionally in uh, Israel for two years. Oh wow! Um, and uh, yeah, you know we still play today recreationally, but uh, basketball has been a huge part of our life. So nice. Um, just try to tie that into real estate. Right, right. So you have three different kind of divisions of your company. What part came first? Um. So the first part was actually we jumped right into uh, investing. Um, you know, buying single family rentals um, and then kind of learned through mistakes on all parts um, with construction, property management. And as we gained more experience, we figured, you know, the headaches we could 
kind of turned into um, a business. Um, so the biggest one was construction. Um, we, we learned that if we're going to reach any type of scale, um, that we had to have strong team and, you know, bring things in house and, um, create operations for that. And then that's a common theme, I think in, in the industry, because managing contractors outside of your own businesses can, is, is proven to be challenging. I think that's one of the first, uh, first portions that people tend to bring in house. So it's the right move. For sure. I mean, my brother and I, we, we didn't come from a construction background. So, you know, we had to learn through mistakes um, and, you know, just network with people that knew what they were doing and sort of learn the actual trade part of it. And then the business part of it on how to, you know, make it operate because it is a whole separate business um, and very similar to the property management side too. Um, you know, just learning how to build systems and, manage tenants, place the correct tenants, um, deal with maintenance and turnovers and, yeah. and everything that comes with all the property management as well. well. So he said that you guys got started by investing right at, right at the onset. What is the first property that you purchased? And did you guys do it together or had you already bought in, you know, like a private home and things like that? Yeah. So, um, I was actually a high school teacher. Um, and my first property was bought through a HUD program called the, I believe it was called the good neighbor next door. Yeah. So they basically offered, um, if people are not familiar with that, it's basically, uh, offered homes to, I think it's firemen, police officers and teachers in certain areas. Um, so that first home was actually in Point Breeze, which is my primary home. Um, and this was 10 years ago. Um, so you can imagine that the, the neighborhood changed tremendously. Um, I was able to, Good timing. You, yeah, I <laughs> got really lucky. Um, it was kind of random. Um, and, uh, you know, as time went on, the appreciation grew. So I was able to use the equity in the house for a credit line. And, you know, after reading some books and meeting with, um, some older investors who were in the rental game, uh, my brother and I just kind of dove right in and used my credit line in my house to buy the first property. Um, and we, we were using the, the Burr strategy where you buy, fix up, refinance, rent, and then repeat. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to my guy, David Green <laughs> out in California. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Big, bigger pockets was uh, super helpful. Yeah. I um, love those guys. I've, I've learned a lot over the years and, and David sends me uh, referrals in the Philadelphia market. So he's a good guy. They're awesome. I, I still listen to them today. So they're, yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. So and, this is, uh, this is fascinating. You started off as a teacher. What did you used to teach? I was a uh, high school math teacher. Okay. So at least you're good with finances, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's definitely a learning curve. Every, every part, right. is, you know, each level you go to, but, um, well, what a smart move to use. The lending market is always crucial for, um, the construction financing on bigger jobs and the permanent financing. I think in, in real estate as an investment opportunity, you know, you can make some assumptions and when you, when you see the market changing and you purchase a property that's going to appreciate, especially at the time that you did, what a smart move to use equity in your home to, to invest and purchase a rental property and, and kind of, you know, level up. Yeah. I mean, um, it was a strategy that, you know, just I read about 
um, and just made sense. Um, I've seen other people do. So, you know, once you kind of see people do it and read about it, you know, you just kind of take action from it. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just learning, learning how to use credit wisely, how to, you know, use it to buy assets and um, right. try to get into the game. Yeah. So was your, was your brother comfortable and confident about you guys moving forward on the onset? Yeah. I mean, we've always um, seen eye to eye um, and, you know, he was excited to start something new um, together and, yeah. you know, we, we knew it was going to be a risk, but uh, you know, it's having people you can trust and, and work through the obstacles is um, something really important, definitely in this game. Right. So how many years ago did you purchase your first investment property? Um, it was five years ago. So okay. 2015 in January. Okay. And, and you guys do construction. So tell me a little bit about how that started. Um, well, when we started, we really didn't know much about anything. Um, right. and took your OSHA you know, 30 hour training. <laughs> well, that actually, that didn't come until later. We, we went through, you know, doing small rehabs, cosmetic rehabs, um, dealing with, you know, different type of contractors and laborers, um, and, you know, learn a lot through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't happen until 2017 when we realized, um, having your GC license and going that route was going to be important to, uh, control costs and, and efficiency for scale. Um, right. so it took two years of, of, of headaches and learning to, finally come to that realization. And when you were working with other contractors, were was this for like light renovation value add rental properties or were you trying to do ground up construction with other people initially? Yeah, it was um, light renovation um, okay. to existing uh, structures. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be costly. I, I know a lot of a lot of home buyers who are trying to renovate properties, whether or not they live there or they're going to be you know, purchasing something to renovate, you can get quotes from contractors with, you know, a $30,000 difference for renovating a kitchen. Um, so, so being able to size up, you know, who you're working with and, and what that process of construction is, I think, I think the learning curve is unavoidable. For, for everybody in the industry because you just got to figure it out, right? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the, so, sometimes the best way to figure out is by doing and, and making mistakes and learning from them, mm -hmm. which is the route we took. And, um, you know, it's just important to learn from the mistake, never do it again, and just try to get better at it. Um, right. and, and understanding the market, understanding who you're dealing with, with the contractor, understanding what the work is and, and how to get it done um so there's a lot to learn for sure mm -hmm. so tell me about some of the projects that you guys have built since 2017. so since 2017 um we concentrated from an investment standpoint more in brewery town and um west philadelphia um mm -hmm. all of the projects so far have been renovations so we started in single families uh, we've, we've 
done a few uh, smaller multifamily duplex, triplex, quads, and we're wrapping up um, a five unit right now. Um, everything that we do from an investment standpoint is a full gut renovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and full court, full we, gut. <laughs> full gut, yep, exactly. Yeah. You know, and just our motto is to, it, it's, it's a long-term hold, so we want to, you know, make sure everything is updated correctly for the long term and try to add value that way. Um, and, you know, we work working with clients on um, flips, doing, you know, additions and uh, all, all type of renovation projects. But um, for the most part, you know, they've, they've been in those two areas. And, uh, you know, from a client standpoint, we've moved more now to South Philadelphia, Port Richmond, Fishtown. Um, all the developing right neighborhoods in the city, right? It seems like the yeah, all the surrounding uh, pockets outside of Center City, mm-hmm. growing areas is is where a lot of the interest is. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's super smart to go in and renovate some of the existing housing stock that Philadelphia has. Uh, West Philly, in particular, has some amazing architecture. I actually used to live in West Philly. It's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite parts of the city. Fishtown. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia across the board has these classic row homes, right? And there's a certain set footprint, but there's so much that you can do with the old stock. I mean, it costs way more to build, you know, a freestanding brick uh, 16 by 60 footprint than it would to go in and renovate. Um, because, if you, you know, a lot of the new builds that people put up have what I might call unappealing aesthetically. Um, but when you're able to go in and renovate and kind of add on, you can, you can kind of play off of that original fabric, which, you know, people who are buying properties, people who are renting in the city, that's what they want. It's like the classic Philly charm with the modern renovations. Almost all of my clients want the same thing. For sure. And, um, you know, we are, we are starting some new construction projects, but, um, the biggest piece for us in the renovation part was the speed versus new construction with the pre-development and then the actual construction. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was something where we lean more toward doing renovations. What's your um, turn? What's your turnaround time for a full gut renovation? And it, is that the standard across the board? I know you said you always do full guts, but, um, I mean, I, I, when yeah. you're not pouring foundation underpinning mm-hmm. and, you know, figuring out what the envelope of the building or the exterior fabric is going to be. Uh, I imagine it's much quicker. Do you have like a standard time frame that you guys try to stabilize a property and have it leased up by? Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously depending on the project, but, um, you know, like just like a straightforward single family full guy renovation is usually um, within three months we shoot for. Um, it also depends on, yeah, we, we um, have it pretty down to a science now yeah um operationally it's you know you're always dealing with inspections and, and timing of that sort that could city things, bureaucracy and that sort of thing <laughs> for, exactly and the new change with the clicks and um communication with the inspectors can slow it up a little bit but yeah we try to we try to get the single families down to three months uh multis are obviously longer um in the five to six month range Mm-hmm. depending on you know the scope yeah 
And uh, how I know you sort of leveraged your own financial position on the onset of getting into investing. How do you finance deals now? And is it like, do you use multiple partners, many banks, or are you kind of still leveraging your own position? Um, a little bit of, of everything. You know, we have um, a couple of partners we work with and yeah, that's how we have it pretty much set up right now. Okay. And you are also doing third party construction, meaning you'll take on jobs for other developer clients, correct? Yes. When did you guys start so, doing that? Uh, I would say last year we started working with clients um, and we're definitely trying to grow that our client base out um, as we grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been working with some real estate friends that we've been associated with for the last five years and um, just kind of growing that base out more as we uh, expand our operations. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been uh, going really well. And, you know, we're always looking for feedback to, to become a better company. Right. Well, so you said that you're doing some ground up construction. Can you elaborate a little bit on your up and coming projects? You, I, 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 you also said that you have five units. So I want to chat with you a little bit about that too. For sure. So we um, have been working on a, um, a, a package deal that we purchased uh, three years ago. Um, we figured the time was right this last year to get started. And it was, um, a four unit next to a five unit. The four unit was completed last month, the five units wrapping up next month. And then we have a, an eight unit new construction that's in pre-development right now behind both those buildings and a four unit across the street. Um, that's a mixed use project that we're planning to start both of those eight and four units in the fall. Um, and then we are in application for a variance on another project um, two single-family lots converting to a four-unit. Um, and, yeah, so we have three new construction projects in the works. We're working with a couple clients right now on some single-family new construction um, in Point Breeze. And, um, yeah, we're hoping to, to break ground on everything, hopefully in the fall, um, depending on the, the, the lending market and city approvals with the permits so we're, we're just in application on everything right now nice and these multi-units that are somewhat adjacent to each other whereabouts in the city are you building now and, and are you planning on building a larger portfolio in one particular area of the city sure so uh the current projects are located off of 20th and cecil b more mm-hmm. um the five unit the four unit the uh, the eight unit new construction and the four unit mixed use. A lot of stuff going packet. on in that neighborhood. <laughs> so, yeah, there there is, and um, you know, we just uh, it, it was felt like it was the right time now. Um, you know, obviously with COVID has been a, a curveball with things, but um, overall the process has been going really well. The lease up has been going well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, we, we stay focused in, from an investment standpoint in those two areas, Brewerytown and West Philly. Um, and, you know, we're always open to other areas if, if the numbers make sense. Right, right. Well, so uh, when it comes to managing all these holdings, so you have 
you know, obviously you got into the investment side on the onset. Uh, I don't know how much I can play up your mathematical skills from the beginning, because of, of course there is a learning curve, but you had some sort of sense as to what you were doing. Uh, and then you took on construction because that makes more sense financially. You can also control the timeline. And now you're able to do that for other people, which I think is huge. Um, everybody's always looking for a good contractor. So it's nice to have somebody who's figured out that logistical part of development. And now you have all these apartments that you're going to be building and holding. So what is the property management side of things? Who on your team manages that? And um, maybe you can give me a little bit of division as to like what you spend most of your time doing versus some of the other folks that you work with. Sure. So uh, my brother, Brian, um, is in charge of all of the property management operations and okay. that sort. Um, and, you know, we have a... a in-house leasing team um we have a few guys that work with us for maintenance and a few admins uh that help with all different type of admin you know dealing with utilities um coordinating uh move-ins move-outs and that sort um but technology has been everything mm -hmm. so you, you know utilizing technology and in construction and property management and in development has allowed us to have a, a smaller team, but, you know, be efficient and manage, um, you know, a large number of projects that are going on. Right. Can you share what type of software or platforms you like to use? Uh, I'm, I'm well-versed, but for, for folks who are just getting started in investing uh, or, you know, in one of these various fields of the industry, whether it's construction or property management, um, there's so many tools at people's disposal and I find myself, I've used, I've used almost everything that's out there when it comes to, you know, building and property management, but, uh, what do you like? What, uh, what's your experience been? Um, so for property management, we use that folio, mm -hmm. which has been, um, you guys on the investor beta mode yet? We, we are, we actually getting into that right now. We're, um, I was one of the first six people on that. It's uh, it's been fun to get have like a feedback loop with. So we we were looking at that, and then for the development side, um, I, I think it's called APMI, uh, mm -hmm. off of Affolio, and then there's another one called IMS, um, which I've gotten a lot of great feedback from. So we haven't really made a decision yet on which route we're going for that. Mm -hmm. um, and construction, we use co-construct um that manages for pro project management accounting um which has also been really helpful yeah i'm sure it's a lot of information to manage all at once um but if you can do that well logistically then it makes it all the all worthwhile right for sure you just you got to um you know adjust and, and put processes and systems in place and you know, uh, have good people that, mm -hmm. you know, um, and a good team put together. Right. right. So where do you see your company going to next? It seems like you have a lot going on, but you are, you know, doing work for other people now. And it seems like you've grown your company out a bit. Um, it might still be a tight ship, but presumably, presumably that's going to get bigger. Uh, when did you guys hire your first employee and what do you anticipate 
the company looking like in say a year, five years? Uh, it's a bold question. question. <laughs> Where are you taking this, Aaron? <laughs> so, you know, in, in the short run, we're, we're definitely looking to expand construction um, for third-party clients. Um, we feel, uh, you know, right now we're managing anywhere from 20 to 25 projects. We feel as though we have the capacity to do 30. So we definitely would like to expand that more. From a development side, you know, we're looking at different asset classes from bigger multifamily new construction projects, um, as well as staying in, in the single family game as well. Can you elaborate a little bit on some of the opportunity zone investments that you have going on or rather how you kind of got into that? Because this is the hottest topic when it comes to real estate investing. Um, not just in Philadelphia, but specifically in the city, because we have so many areas like parts of Brewery Town, Strawberry Mansion, Charleswood, West Philadelphia, Kensington, um, and the like that have, um, uh, if, if you want to elaborate, please do, but these, these opportunity zones where people can essentially go in and invest and they save money. They have tax benefits, so they don't have to pay the same capital gains as long as they're holding onto a property for 10 years. So if you're in that space, presumably you're in this for the long haul, right? Correct. Yeah, we, we have a, um, an opportunity fund that we manage. Um, you know, we're, we're more focused in the West Philadelphia part with that mm -hmm. fund, um, doing smaller multis and single family projects. Um, but we, we kind of just mirror our other fund that's non-opportunity in terms of the, the same model. Um, so operationally for construction property management, it's no different. It's really just, you know, investors capital has to be gains um, that go into those projects. Mm -hmm. and, so, um, so for folks who are listening at home, when, when somebody sells a property, when somebody sells an investment property, they can, take that money that they made on the property and they can either pay taxes on that or they can reinvest it into another project and save on some of the taxes or rather sort of postpone the amount of tax that they're going to have to pay because it's being reinvested. So they're not actually realizing any of the benefits from that. They're not making any cash or, or um, getting paid at the end of the day. Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it has a lot of similarities to uh, like a 1031 exchange, um, you know, where you sell a property and you basically defer your capital gains. Um, but the difference would be that that capital has to go into an opportunity zone, which is mapped out. Um, and there's other stipulations where the, the project has to get started within a certain amount of time to make sure that those areas are getting invested and, and not um, things are just sitting idle. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you have uh, any insight into the relationship between that and like the tax abatement? Um, yeah. So the tax abatement um, for renovations is, for the projects that we're doing, it's, it's a full 10 year tax abatement. Um, you're basically able to deduct the improvements that are on the permits. Um, so it's a tremendous help for taxes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a similar time frame too, right? If you're holding on to an asset for 10 years and you've had 
and you're in a, an opportunity zone and you have a tax abatement for these brand new construction projects. I mean, that's like, it's a trifecta, right? You get the best of, um, not a trifecta, but the best of both worlds, right? For sure. There's definitely a lot of benefits, you know, for people with capital gains and then also from the asset level, you know, managing costs to keep the taxes um, down through the tax abatement, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you, you have this opportunity fund. How many investors do you work with on a regular basis? And are you, you know, constantly pitching people for new deals to join you on investments? Or are you kind of keeping a close, tight-knit uh, uh, market, so to speak? Um, so right now we're working with two investors. Um, and we're always looking for investors and deals. Um mm-hmm. But right now, we're, our, our main focus is on our operations and the current inventory that we have to, to have to get built and um, financed. Um, so, you know, it's for sure. We're, we're always open to investors. We're, we're always looking at deals if the numbers make sense. It's definitely been uh, more difficult recently than in previous years, finding deals. Um, just yeah. values are changing. Um, but, uh, yeah, our main focus right now is on operations and, um, just getting everything, um, more efficient. Right. Well, that's, it's interesting that you mentioned things are a little bit challenging right now. Obviously 2020 is everybody's least favorite year. Uh, it's not the roaring twenties yet, depending on your definition of roaring. Uh, but. (laughs) Uh, can you uh, give us some perspective on what you think the market is going to do from an investor's uh, standing? I mean, obviously, finding decent deals are challenging. If you're if you're building brand new construction in the city, you know, it's, and this is based on my knowledge of of construction, and I'm not a contractor by any means, but I've been, I've been doing this for a while, and I think you know. If you can build a single family home for two fifty to two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars and sell it over four, you're in a good spot. But you can't really buy lots in the city in markets that can sell at that price point for less than a hundred thousand unless you're you know doing some some very uh, uh, hustle <laughs> some very some very rapid hustle work on the streets trying to find them. Um, but the market's changing, right? I mean, there's a ton of people who aren't working right now. And while everybody's what uh, my friend Christopher Plant likes to call the great pause of 2020, uh, because mm-hmm. there hasn't been a lot of outcome yet to some of the circumstances, this forbearance of, you know, mortgage payments and rents and things like that. But I mean, I personally think that there's going to be, I mean, there's got to be an outcome at some point, right? Do you have any feelings on what that might do to the market for what you're trying to do as an investor? For sure. So um, I, I guess, fortunately, never uh, or unfortunately, I've never been through the crash experience in 2008 mm-hmm. as an investor, but um, try to speak with as many people that have been and, and, and um, investors and, and people in other industries that are, have more knowledge on this. Um, and it seems the, uh, the general consensus is that real estate definitely has a lag from other markets. Um, so, it, you know, in my, what we're doing is just being very um, 
really sharpening our pencils on every deal, looking at every deal, if it makes sense. Um, because as his prices seem to be going up and, you know, finished values have not seemed to go up much in the areas where we're at. So it's the, the basis is getting really tight. Um, so, you know, it, it, you just got to stick to your formula, be disciplined and, and not buy just to buy something. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'm seeing that across the board in terms of moves that folks are making in the market. Uh, I still think there are, uh, and, you know, uh, Francis, uh, one of the partners on my team jokes about this all the time. He's like, I still find great deals on MLS all the time uh, based on what you can do with it. But when it comes to these larger projects and holdings and, you know, how much are your renovation costs going to be and can you really get tenants and that sort of thing, I think a lot of that is up in the air right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's a smart it's a smart thing to do to, uh, you know, reevaluate everything that you're considering getting getting into, especially if you're working with investors and, you know, don't just have extra capital kind of throw around. Right. Um, so that that's where we're focused on from a development and construction standpoint, um, property management. You know, we, we do have a few outside clients, um, but primarily it's um, for the projects that we own with partners. Um, so we're, we're really focused on the construction side, expanding mm -hmm. that out as much as possible um, in our sub market that we're in with the renovation and smaller new construction projects. You know, I think it's a smart move to closely evaluate all of the circumstances involved in a deal with a fine tooth comb right now, because there's a lot of uh, unknowns for the future of the marketplace when it comes to holdings and, you know, price points for potential development opportunities moving forward. Um, I know a lot of my investor clients have, you know, sort of stacked their capital to wait and see what's going to happen. Um, if they're not in a position to, uh, you know, keep money in holdings right now, because historically a market cycle is what, like 10 years roughly. And we're beyond that at this point. Um, but when we hit the height of the market, that's when prices start to fall and every, just like the stock market, you want to buy low and sell high. And if you're doing an investment and you're going to resell it at some point, or you're going to refinance once the property is stabilized, you want to get as low of a basis as possible. So, you know, uh, there's been a ton of movement in multifamilies throughout Philadelphia, specifically in University City, which obviously has a huge student basis. A lot of those properties were sold last year and have been, um, you know, so somewhat repositioned with value add uh, renovations. And, it's interesting to see what's going to happen next year. And if the market does dip a little bit um, and, you know, what resale values are going to be like. And I, I tell a lot of my clients uh, who ask questions about the market from a buyer's perspective or even from a, a homeowner who is thinking about selling. And I say, you know, it's, it's challenging to evaluate for them because, interest rates are really low right now. It's not the same type of borrowing that you might do as an investor, but interest rates are so low for a home buyer and prices are fairly high. I mean, Philadelphia has, has seen a ton of growth over the years. So we're kind of at the height of the market, 
But if prices drop next year and interest rates go up, it's kind of the same thing. You know, like at the end of the day, the money's the same, but the amount of house that you're going to be able to afford might change. Um, So from an investor standpoint, you know, it's harder to borrow money right now to do these construction projects. Um, Have you are you have you had any projects like fall through the cracks since COVID happened or have you backed out of any deals? Um. We haven't backed out of any deals. We um, definitely hold hold off or holding off on acquisition um, unless the deal really makes sense. Um, some of the lenders that we've been working with have definitely, um, you know, pulled back a little bit on terms. So, you know, that's another factor that has to go into the whole formula for the investment side. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the, the rents, you know, um, making sure rents are stable and, and, you know, working with tenants that have jobs, but if they're affected with COVID and and how that would all work out. So there's just a lot of factors going on um, that you just got to, you know, make sure you're checking all of that before you jump into another deal during this time. Right, right. Well, it seems like you have quite the business operating already. Uh, congratulations on moving into the, you know these larger multifamily projects. Um, you know, if you need any help with those, uh, just give me a call. I'm doing quite a few lease ups and marketing for some folks right now. Uh, but it's a transition, right? A lot of newer, and I say new, like with you know ten years young investor developers who get into single family renovations and then new construction. Uh, eventually move into holdings, right? That's kind of the smart long-term real estate investment opportunity is to have ownership in something for uh, a long period of time. So I'm seeing a a ton of smaller developers or newer developers move into that space as Philadelphia continues to grow, even amid this, you know, weird pandemic year. Um, So uh, congratulations. It's an exciting place to be. Awesome. Thank you. Um, it's definitely been a uh, major learning experience and, um, you know, we love it. We love working with our team and um, just love all the challenges that come with it. Right. So I, uh, you mentioned earlier bigger pockets and I, obviously if you're in the, in the real estate world at this point, you've heard of those guys. Uh, if you haven't, you should check them out. Uh, but who else inspired you to really take this and run with it? Um, do you have mentors or books or podcasts other than bigger pockets that you've been listening to or that inspire you to uh, take things to the next level? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I try to read as much as possible. Um, there's tons of books, you know, obviously Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the first books. Um, I actually read the Section 8 Bible and it, that was one of the first books that I read about real estate and, um, you know, met with some older investors that were similar to them that did the, you know, the um, single family rental game. Um, but you know, it, th- throughout the process, I've, I've been really fortunate to meet, um, extremely smart, uh, successful real estate investors, um, in Philadelphia. Um, I'm, I'm actually on this, this group chat email that with, I think there's now like a hundred people on there. Throughout I was going to say, is it a mastermind, but that sounds like a 
like a, it, like a whole club. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of grew from like five people five years ago to now like a hundred, I, I believe. Um, the list just keeps growing, and it, there's just Send so me many. An invite. <laughs> I absolutely will for sure. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've met with um, you know Logan Kramer. Um, Mike Stom has been tremendous in, in helping and just teaching us things. Um, and there's just so many people that we've met, Ethan Giller, Irfan, um, so many, so many different investors that have helped my brother and I through these five years with questions and, and um, just knowledge. You know, that's, that's such a reoccurring theme in the industry, but specifically in Philadelphia, you know, I've talked with investors from New York, China, France, LA, Chicago, all over. And nowhere else have I found an investment community to be so engaged with each other, right? It's very incestuous in Philadelphia. Everybody kind of knows everybody. Everyone's sort of in bed with everybody else in a business sense, of course. Like, you know, you'll do, do a deal with so-and-so. They also are doing a deal with somebody that you did a deal with last year. And everybody's got encouragement for each other right at least uh, at least that's my experience everybody yes it is competitive of course because you want to get the uh, the deal and you want to get it for a better price and if you're a contractor you want to beat somebody else but philadelphia is growing so much and has been for such a long time and there's so much opportunity that i don't feel like there's a ton of resentment in our industry here right i think um you know everybody wants everyone else to succeed because uh, what is it? Rising tides float all ships or something like that. My Justin John said that on, on one of the podcasts. And I think it's really true in Philly. Uh, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, the city of brotherly love is extremely prevalent in the real estate industry. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, just, it's a small, it is a small world in Philly uh, for real estate. Um, mm-hmm. We seem to bump into and there, there's just so much opportunity. So, you know, it's, it's not as competitive as you would think um, because there is some, so much opportunity out there. And, uh, you know, the more you can help the next person, it just makes things better overall than getting deals done and helping each other out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, uh, Aaron, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, how can folks reach you if they want to get in contact with you to live in one of your units or to work with you as a, as a contractor for management? Um, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, best way is probably through our website, www.fullcourtdevelopment.com. Um, or if you could shoot me an email personally, is my first name, Aaron, A-R-O-N at fullcourtdevelopment.com. Nice. Okay, great. Well, so I'll definitely include a link for those of you who are listening at home to uh, fullcourtdevelopment.com so you can reach out to Aaron and see what they have coming up in the future. And Aaron, I follow you on social media as well. Do you have a handle that uh, folks can sort of see behind the scenes? For sure. So we have uh, our, our business page is um, Full Court Development at Full Court Development. Um, and then my personal page, which I, I try to post as much as possible with what's going on, um, in real estate is, uh, Aaron M. Cohen, A-R-O-N-M Cohen. 
Nice. I'll include a couple of links for those of you listening at home so you guys can follow along as well and watch all of the cool development happening all over the city. You guys are kind of all over. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. Uh, It's an honor to be on here and um, hopefully uh, bring some value to any of the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm as soon as I'm uh, pulling my camera crew out, I'm gonna stop by and hopefully we'll get we'll get to have you on the show and uh, actually tour some of the properties that you guys are working on. Absolutely, we'd love to. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much, uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again real soon. Awesome. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Philly Proper Podcast. For more information on Full Court Development and all of the other developers and builders and guests that I've had on the show, be sure to visit my website at phillyproper.com. Till next time, this is Catherine Blessington. Thanks for listening to all things Philly Proper.